Well, that was just a great time. I have been doing that water week for about 25 years, and uh, nobody's ever gotten killed. Uh, no maimings. Uh, we've had a few injuries, small injuries, but uh, it is an unbelievable time. And uh, that picture of Landon, the airborne, that's a picture of the rapture. That's what that is. You just leave everybody behind. They're just floating around in the water. They don't know what's going on, all right? He had a big smile on his face. He knew he was heaven bound. And, and, and here's, the, here's, the, here's the motivation for doing Water Week. We snatch the life out of, out of kids for two days, and then we tell them about eternal life, and they're real excited to hear it. And so that's what we do there. And I want to say that if you are a parent to one of these students up here that went to Water Week, you're doing a great job. And I want to commend Clark and Kelsey and their leadership team. That's right. See, I'm going to tell you about Jesus. It's me. I got to worry about that stuff. <laughs> He's got my back. Now, if you're a parent or, or, or of one of these, I just want to commend you and commend our leadership team because if we're investing in them, because candidly, honestly, they were awesome. I want to tell you that, man. You all were, you all were so kind to each other, helping each other. You were great about just being uh, appreciative, and I, it, it was awesome. You all are awesome, and so I'll just tell you that. Now, that's right. Show some love for that. Now, welcome to Sturkey Hills. Hills. We're in a series called Exodus on the Move. And we just finished a mini-series inside of a mini-series, which is called the Ten Commandments. Now, the mini-series inside of the mini-series was about commandment number seven. And then today we're entering another mini-series inside the mini-series inside the series. So I just thought I'd let you know that. That's how we roll. Now, we're learning the Ten Commandments, okay? And so we're going to go over them. Number one, uh, there's only one God. Have no other God before him. Number two, don't ever bow to anything else. Two is too many. Number three, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit makes a W. Watch what you say about him. Keep his name holy. Number four, two lowercase r's. Remember your rest. Keep the Sabbath holy. Number five, salute, honor your father and your mother. Number six, thou shalt not kill. No murder. Number seven, sex is for a married man and woman and not all this other stuff. Number eight, which is where we are today. Here it is. It's hard to steal stuff if you ain't got no thumbs. Now listen to me, I shared that. It was so cool. I had a group in the boat, and they were talking about the Ten Commandments. They're like, oh, we like the Ten Commandments, we're learning the Ten Commandments. What's the commandment for this week? And I said, oh, yeah, the commandment for this week's no stealing. And I did that. I said, you can't, it's hard to steal if you ain't got no thumbs. And one of our youth, I'm not going to tell you his name, but you spell it T-R-I-P-P, uh, <laughs> so quick, this is what he said. I could steal, steal, steal stuff, just pick it up like that. <laughs> Spoken from the heart of a true kleptomaniac. So if he's in your circle right there, matter of fact, y'all check your wallet. Put it on the other side. Tyler, are you sitting in front of Clark, you're sitting in front of him. Hang on to put your wallet in your front pocket. Now, uh, so, so that's what we're talking about. We're talking about the Ten Commandments. And today we're going to talk about a commandment that, that just like the others on the surface, it's so easy, so simple, so clean, so articulate, black and white. And we think, I dodged a bullet. Every commandment, when we read it on the surface, as it's found in the Old Testament, it's easy to say, well, I'm doing pretty good on that one. Check the box. When in reality, when we, when we dive into it a little bit, we find out that we're not doing as good as we thought. In fact, we've said it before. The reason for the commandments is not to help you know how good you are at obeying commandments. The reason for the commandments is to help you realize how badly and desperately you are in need of an outside rescuer who knows how to, uh, to live according to the commandments, and that person's name would be Jesus. Now, in the New Testament, um, it dives into the, and unpacks what the commandments really mean. 
Jesus did it. Jesus said, I didn't come to abolish the law. I came to fulfill it. And in the process of fulfilling it, he taught us what the commandments really meant, what the depth of the commandment was, what was behind the scenes in that catchphrase that, was, that we know as the Ten Commandments. And so we're talking about commandment number eight, thou shalt not steal. It's found in Exodus chapter 20. Verse 15, and, and, and just like God did in a few of the other verses, in the Hebrew, it's two simple words. The Hebrew words are lo tignov. Everybody say lo tignov. Speaking in tongues, we're a Pentecostal church now. There we are. Lo tignov means this, no stealing. He, he did the same kind of thing with other commandments. He said no murder, no adultery, and now he says no stealing. Now, that that is certainly is broad, and it doesn't leave a lot of room for debate. I mean, it just means what it says, no stealing. Now, by definition, there's, there's two avenues or two actions that are considered broad strokes of stealing. And the first one we're going to talk about today, by definition, one definition of stealing is to carry away stealthily without the thought of return, to carry away stealthily without the thought of return. In other words, to take something that is not yours and you weren't just borrowing it, okay? You were planning on adding it to your collection, okay? That is stealing. Now, we've probably all been guilty of this side of the stealing equation at some level, maybe as children, maybe as adults. In fact, we are all guilty at some level of this. All of us have stolen something. If you've ever stolen something, just raise your hand. Just raise your hand. Good, two weeks I'm gonna preach on lying. That's for the rest of you that didn't raise your hand, okay? Because we've all stolen something. Maybe a cookie, as simple as that. I want you to, and we're gonna see today that all of us have stolen, have stolen something at some level. Now, I need to address something before we move further because we live in a world of confusion. And one of those areas of confusion is the idea of personal property and the equalization of personal property. You see, there's this rising idea of socialism that says, you know, we should gather everything together and distribute it equally among all people. And they want to use the Bible to even suggest this. They say, well, in the New Testament, they sold their possessions and divided it among the people. Well, they did, but that's out of context when you use it for a socialist idea. You see, God is okay with personal property. I want to say that again. God is okay with personal property. Let me tell you why. Because your personal property is really not your personal property. Your personal property is the property of God. You see, God is the owner, the creator, the sustainer of all things. And he just allows you to be a a steward. He gives you custody or management responsibility over what is actually his. You realize that? Everything you have is actually God's. God spoke everything ex nihilo out of nothing at all. We don't do that. We don't have the capability to do that. All we do is take existing material or matter, refashion it, reform it, and make it into something that we want to use. We didn't create it. He created it all. He owns it all. One day he'll destroy it all. In the meantime, he allows us to have personal property. Now, there are really three groups of people in the world that we need to consider. First of all, there are those who have the ability to generate wealth. They pay taxes, most of them, and they help other people. 
and God gave them the ability to have, if you have wealth today, and you do, every single person in here is wealthy, in, in, uh, relatively speaking, to the world. You ought to go on a mission trip. It'll make you appreciate like air conditioning. It'll make you appreciate um, a front door. It'll make you appreciate a stove and a refrigerator. It'll make you appreciate the fact that you are wealthy. We are wealthy people. Look at the person next to you. Now look back up here. That person you just looked at, fat cat, man. They're rich. They're rich. Rich. Okay? Now they're holding out. You may not know it, but they're rich. Because we're all rich. Because God has placed us in a, a, a culture and in a nation in the world that he has blessed. I think he's removing that blessing because we're walking away from him. But we are blessed. And we are wealthy. Now listen to what scripture says about those who have wealth. It says in Deuteronomy 8.16, you must remember the Lord your God. He is the one who gives the ability to get wealth. You, you live in a world, I live in a world where people say, well, the reason I have wealth is because, you know, I went to college and got a degree in this and they reward me for it. Who gave you a brain to go to college? Well, I, I'm able to manufacture things with my hands. I'm really good with my, Who gave you your hands? Okay. God owns it all, and he gives the ability uh, to have wealth. 1 Samuel 2.7, you say, I want you to know God's not a socialist. He, he, he doesn't subscribe to that. In fact, God is okay with some having more than others. Did you know that? Sometimes we bellyache to each other, and we say, well, I, they don't even live for Jesus like I do, and look, look at all they have. God's God. He gets to do what he wants to. Listen to what he says about distribution of wealth. 1 Samuel 2, 7, the Lord impoverishes and makes wealthy. He does, he, he, some people he allows to be impoverished and some people he allows to be wealthy. Some would say the reason he allows some to be wealthy because he trusts them. But the truth is there's some that he doesn't trust because they got it. Uh, by evil, it's evil gain. They got it through evil means, but God still is sovereign and he allows it. I want you to know that today. Some have more, some have less. When I was growing up, I had a great life. I have three brothers. My dad built houses and uh, he was a contractor and, and we had a great life. But I had an uncle though, he had a lot of money. I mean, he, he had a whole lot more money. It was obvious, okay, from the toys, right? And I remember we would ask my dad sometimes, how come he's got all the money? And my dad was content. He, he learned to be very content with what get God gave him, which is a, a beautiful place to be. But he would say, I guess he just trusts him more than he trusts me right now. That was just what he would say. Well, the truth is God allows some to have more than others. And I want you to know it's okay because that's the way God designed it, okay? He wants us to be content and he wants us to be good stewards with what we have. So that's one group of people. People who, who are able to generate wealth, all right? Now, another group of people when it comes to personal property are those who are physically or mentally unable to work, and they should receive help or assistance as needed from other sources regarding their physical needs and personal property. It's okay. People, people have needs. The church should come alongside them. People have needs. Government agencies are designed to come alongside them, and that's okay too. That is a biblical distribution of wealth. In Acts chapter 2, verse 45, it says this, and they began selling their property and possessions and were sharing them with all. How do I know this is not a socialist view? Because it goes on, it says, as anyone might have need. Needs were, be, were, were to be met. Not once, not everybody on the same playing field. Also in Philippians 2, 4, we read, do not merely look out for your own personal interest, but also for the interest of others. We're supposed to uh, share 
our blessings, our resources, and our wealth with other people. It's biblical. And so as we begin to consider no stealing, God is giving an implication here that personal property is okay. There's a third group of people that we need to address, and that is there are some people who are just lazy. And when it comes to their personal property, they should have lazy personal property. Fair enough? If, if somebody's lazy, why would they expect to have something, okay? We live in a world that wants to use this word entitlement or entitled. If you're lazy, you're entitled to lazy stuff. Scripture tells us in 2 Thessalonians 3.10, even when we were with you, we used to give you this command, he says, that if anyone is not willing to work, neither should he eat. If you're lazy, you ought to be hungry to go with it. In the early service, uh, there's a family uh, John Patterson and his son, Jonathan, got a job. And, and I'm stoked, man, when a young person's working. I get excited when I see a teenager, you know, working at a cash register or doing a job because there's a lot of lazy ones out there, okay? And if you're lazy, I'm going to pick you apart. I don't like you, okay? I just don't like lazy people, okay? And so his son got a job, and he got paid, and he says, and John said, oh, yeah, he's a banking man now. He's got him a savings account, checking account. So got a debit card. So he knew that his son had a 20 in his pocket. And so he said, Jonathan, you want to grab some lunch? He goes, yeah. He said, they were close to Burger King. He says, uh, let's go to Burger King. He said, okay. So he whipped in there. He said, what do you want? Jonathan said, I want a couple of Whopper Juniors. I want a fry and I want a drink. And he said, okay. And John didn't get anything. A little person on the register. <laughs> Which, which also means $11.30, okay? Pulled around there, and John told Jonathan, hey, let me have your 20. He said, why? He said, because you got to buy your lunch. He said, I thought you were going to buy my lunch. He said, I'm not eating. You're the one who's wanting to give me your 20. So he gave him a 20, and he said, $11.30? He said, welcome to my world, okay? <laughs> now, that's why you guys need to be working, spending your own money, because you'll realize how much you ought to love your mom and your daddy because they're paying all your bills. Okay, now, I get a little worked up right there. Now, so, so, so material possessions are a reality and God is okay. God is okay with you having a, a house or a, um, a car, a truck. He's okay with you having a camper or a boat, your clothes, your shoes, you know. But the problem, listen to me, the problem is not personal possessions. The problem is how we look at personal possessions. You see, God says no stealing because he knows sometimes we want what other people have to the point that we will take what other people have. God also knows that sometimes we put our personal possessions on, a, on this platform of value that they never should have had. And we become just obsessed with our stuff. We just get hung up on it rather than using our personal property for, uh, for pleasure, obviously, and for personal survival, obviously, but also for the glory of God. When we stop doing that, we are stealing from God. Now, most people in this room, without reservation, would say, I, I, I'm not a thief, I don't steal, and I don't like someone who does steal. So watch this. Anybody in here, uh, uh, excuse me, yeah, any thieves in here, raise your hand. That's what I thought, none, zero. We all agree. If you do not like when somebody steals your stuff, raise your hand. You know, we all hate a thief and none of us are a thief. Okay, that's a good place to be. We all agree. And God 
is against stealing. God's with you. God doesn't steal, and God doesn't like someone who does steal. And, and so, so we believe that even though in this room there's no thieves, and we don't like people who do steal our stuff, we know they're out there. We believe that thieves are out there. How do I know? You locked your car when you came into church. We locked the church van. I'm not sure why. Who would steal that? 15 minutes of smelling middle school stink. You would get out of that van and hitchhike, okay? I'm not sure why we locked the van. You, you probably locked your house and took the keys out of your car last night. I was raised in the culture. You never locked the doors, left the keys in the car. Not today. You lock your house, you lock your car. And some of you, when you lock your house and you get ready to go to bed, you turn on a security system. Or when you leave, you turn on a security system. Maybe even with camera, cameras for surveillance, okay? Uh, not only that, but on your com computer, you have a password. On your debit card, you have a passcode. Uh, all of our devices, our phones, they have these passwords. Why? Because we all agree there are people out there who would rather take your stuff than generate their own stuff. And so we protect our stuff. Now, here's the odd thing about our stuff. You love your stuff. You know you do. How many of you have a dress or a shirt or a pair of shoes in your closet you hadn't worn in literally five years? Raise your hand. Throw that away. You're probably too fat to wear it anyway. You, you, I'm keeping it so when I lose my weight, when time you lose your weight, it's going to be so far out of style. It's going to have moth holes in it. Just throw it away. Okay? I need to do that myself. All right? We love our stuff. How much do we love our stuff? We safeguard our stuff. Now, here's a commandment. This is no stealing. And we know there's thieves out there, so we protect our stuff with all these, with all these measures. I want you to notice something. We don't put that many protective measures on any other commandment. We don't protect ourselves from commandment number one. We let all kinds of things rise up in our life to be like a God. We find all these things in our life that we just kind of bow down to, we surrender to, rather than God and his word. We don't put a protective device on that. Um, we don't wear a Kevlar vest around in case somebody wants to murder us. We don't put surveillance cameras in our kids' rooms to be sure they're honoring their parents. We don't put covenant eyes on our devices to make sure that we don't fall to some level of pornographic immorality. We don't put, we don't put protective measures on anything, but we do it on our stuff. Why? Because our, our stuff has become so valuable to us. We literally rent conditioned space to keep our junk in. I have a detached garage at my house. I lock it up. Stays locked all the time. What am I thinking? I need to throw the door open, turn the light on, put a welcome sign on it at night because it would be good if somebody would come and steal everything in there and sweep the floor. You know why? So I could get some more junk. I can't even get anything else because I ain't got nowhere to put it. All right? That's how we are about the stuff. And so we know that it is real. We know that stealing is real. God knew the intentions of the heart when he gave the commandments. He knows deep inside of fallen humanity, there is a desire to have sticky fingers. Part of the fall was sticky fingers, where we take things that are not ours. Now, I asked you earlier if you, if you, if you have stolen anything. You've stolen stuff. Just I'm going to confess mine, okay, my first one. The first one I remember, 
I don't remember stealing my brother's socks. I don't remember stealing a cookie. I don't remember stealing, but I do remember this. When I was eight years old, I was going to school at North Elementary School. I was walking home, it's a little over a mile, okay? And I went by Archer's Food Center. I went in there. I picked up a pack of Hall's cough drops. Why that? I'm not sure. Well, I do know why, because there's a, there's a dope dealer at church passing out free cough drops. I, that, I knew that. So I, of all the things, I knew they tasted okay. So I picked up some cherry cough drops, put them in my pocket, walked home. I walk in the house, and my mom, who's like a detective, smelled it, saw me sucking on something. She'd go, what are you eating? I said, a cough drop. She said, where'd you get a cough drop? I said, uh, Archer's Food Center. She said, where'd you get money? I said, I didn't have any money. She said, you thought it was free? I said, well, Miss Pointer passes them out at church for free, so I thought they were free. So she came and she said, oh, she lit me up. She said, here's 15 cents. Walk that mile back to Archer's. Tell Mr. Archer, confess that you're a thief. Tell him you stole those cough drops. Pay him for the cough drops and come home. I walked a mile, gave him 15 cents, told him I was sorry I was a thief, walked home and got a spanking. <laughs> what a life. Over a cough drop. Okay. I, honestly, I don't think I ever stole anything else from a store. Okay. I, I don't know if it was the walking, if it was the beat down, if it was the shame of going before the owner of the store. Whatever it was, it worked. I didn't steal anything else from a store that I ever remember, okay? And, and that's me. You've stolen stuff. And maybe you're thinking, I, I, don't, I can't remember a time. <laughs> when I finish the message, you'll remember. <laughs> now, so we've got to get to a place where we understand that God does not like sticky fingers any more than we do. And God is serious about it, so serious that of all of the things he could, give us, could have given us instructions about, he put this in the top 10 list as a 10 commandment. And so, and so we, 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 would, we, wouldn't, we wouldn't confess to being sticky-fingered, but we would confess to not liking people who are. In fact, do you understand a thief doesn't like a thief? If you try to steal something that a thief has stolen, Oh, you've got a fight on your hands. It's odd how, how sideways we are when it comes to taking things. So sometimes what we do is we say, well, I, I agree with you and I agree with the commandment, but I believe there's exceptions to the rule. Like if somebody is, I mean, I, I've had people tell me, well, I took it from them because they, ha they wouldn't even miss it. Look at, look at all they have. They wouldn't even miss it. And so we, we get this Robin Hood mentality that Robin Hood's okay because he's stealing from people who have taken it from the poor or are rich and we're giving it to the poor. Well, Robin Hood, for your information, is a fictitious folklore character who's probably a socialist, okay? And it's not okay. He took something that was not his. I don't care if he gave it to the poor or gave it to the church. He stole and Lo Tignov says, no stealing. It's that simple. We got to get back to the fundamentals of God's word, and it is no stealing. And so sometimes uh, when we think about stealing, we think, well, you know, I, yeah, I don't. Stealing is like the dopehead who steals your weed eater and takes it to the pawn, pawn shop. A stealing is the guy that puts the mask on, goes in with, with a bag, you know. I don't know if they still do that, but give me all your loot, you know. We think of that, that's really stealing, but that's not it at all. I mean, that is stealing, but stealing is when anybody takes anything that is not rightfully theirs with no thought of return 
we are in violation to the law and the commandment of God, no stealing. Now, here's a good one, shoplifting, okay? Anybody, we got any shoplifters in here? <laughs> I see anybody, yeah, I'll do it, I love it, okay? These shoes, got them, wore them right out. No, we don't confess to that either, but what about when you're Home Depot and you got 12 widgets and the little guy, the little girl, she's got that little zapper gun, dip, 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 and she only dipped you 10 and you know you got 12. And cat's got the tongue, no time, that's her job. I don't need to tell her, it's going through your mind. I, I don't need to tell her because it's her job. It's not my job to tell her how many, she didn't even ask me, so I didn't lie. You know, so you just pay for 10 and you wheel on out to the store with 12. Anybody ever done that? Just me. <laughs> okay. Uh, I don't know that I've done that, but I've thought that. I've thought, do I need to tell them? And you've thought it too, don't act like you some righteous something. Okay. So that would be shoplifting. <clears throat> When, when I was about 20 years old, Kendra and I were members of a church in Chattanooga, a big church, and we were, we were really involved, and I was teaching the class from hell, seventh grade boys, and, and I knew, I knew they were terrible. Probably, I, know, I knew they were the worst class in the church, maybe the state, okay? And, I mean, they would cuss me. They'd spit at my mama. I mean, but I didn't think they were thieves. You know, I mean, that's a whole nother level right? So we went to camp. She knows this too. We went to summer camp in Panama City and we were in this camp and there's a little uh, souvenir shop right around the corner. And the youth director came to the leadership and said, hey, the guy that owns the little store, somebody shoplifted everything and we need to go through their stuff. So while they're in worship service, we're going to go through their luggage. <laughs> Just so you know, when you're in worship, we're going through your luggage, Okay. <laughs> So we're in the luggage, and I'm thinking, I'm honestly, still, I know this class is terrible. I, I know, you know, but they're not thieves. I started opening stuff. There's about 250 shark tooth necklaces, 40 pairs of sunglasses, about 30 of these little junk, you glue a bunch of shells together into a castle or something. I don't know. It's all in there. And I'm, I'm livid. I'm nuts. And so I set it all on top of the luggage, and I told the youth director, I got this. Don't, you don't even have to come in here, Okay. And so I lit them up. I mean, they were crying. I told them the popo was coming. I was putting them on a Greyhound bus, sending them back to Chattanooga, all right? And then I made them carry all their stuff, marched it down to this little store and, and confessed just like I did the cough drop, only at a whole nother level. And, and they're crying and they're giving their stuff back. And so I told them, I said, now listen, I'm not, I didn't call, I'm, I've called off the popo. I'm not going to put you on a bus. First offense, we're going to let you off. I mean, I was Judge Joel, Jury Joel, Warden Joel. I was a whole package right there. And for the life of me, I don't think, they, I don't think any of those boys ever stole anything else while we were on that trip. <laughs> their, heart, their heart hadn't changed. Just they got caught. And that's where we live. You see, our heart, if our heart doesn't change, if we never get caught, we don't think it's a big deal. We just kind of say, okay, I'm, I'm living this life and God's not striking me with lightning or, you know, I'm not going blind. So I, I, I must, I'm, it must not be that bad of a deal. It's a big deal. It is a big deal. And we need to take it seriously because God takes it seriously. Now, uh, somebody is shoplifting just so you know. Do you know how big of a problem that is today? In today's America, $50 billion per year. 
One out of 11 shoppers, statistics, one out of 11 shoppers. Let's see, one, two, three, four, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11. Susan. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> Just kidding. One out of 11 shoppers is shoplifting to the tune of 50 billion dollars a year 550,000 times per day now listen to me do you see begin to see why 3,500 years ago God is going to give 10 simple rules of engagement in life 10 commandments and one of them is low tignoff no stealing why because God knows the the corruptness of our heart God knows what fallen humanity will do They get creative. We get creative about ways to do what God says not to do. And so stealing is a thing so grievous. So when we talk about sins, like we've been talking about the commandments, and right now a big one would be, you know, you turn on the television, it's just just saturated with all this LGBTQ innuendo and, you know, you just get kind of raw about it. And and if you're not careful, you say, well, you know, Scripture says if they live that lifestyle, they're going to hell. It does say that. Or then we say, we think about this, this heinous murders and, that we read about, and we say, well, that person's going to hell unless they get saved because murder, that's a, that's a bad one. You know, we have this list of sins that are really bad. But I want you to know, stealing things, living a life of dishonest gain, stealing, listen, makes the cut on the hellbound train. It says in 1 Corinthians 6, verse 9, do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? In other words, they're not going to heaven. They're going to the other place, the only other place, hell. He goes on and he says, don't be deceived. He says the sexually immoral, we talked about that, the idolaters, the adulterers, the passive homosexual, the effeminate, the practicing homosexuals, number, uh, chap, uh, verse 10, thieves. Right there in this list, they made the cut. Thieves. Stealing is a big deal. I want you to say that. Stealing is a big deal. Because that's pretty strong language. So the next time that we want to talk about these other sins, let's just look in the mirror and make sure that, we, that we're clean when it comes to stealing. And, and, as, and as much as we want to think that we're innocent in this area, we're really not. We're really not. And so we begin to realize that God is serious about it. We need to get more uh, serious about it. So what are some ways that people steal? Well, stealing can happen from a governmental perspective. Stealing can happen corporately in a business world. Stealing can happen personally. And it is always happening, always happening at all of those levels. It's happening right in your world as we speak. And it may be happening personally to you, or you may be personally guilty of it and not even be aware of it. And so I made a list of some ideas, some places where we find ourselves, uh, where we would find ourselves being guilty of stealing. One would be the national debt and government spending. That's stealing. When you take our money and frivolously waste it on agendas that mean absolutely nothing that is governmental stealing you you are aware of governmental stealing right say i am we know about it we see it it's real casinos and lotteries that is stealing now i don't care if you buy 100 scratch offs a day 
I don't care if you are like a lady on the cruise that said, oh, yeah, we love this cruise line because I'm a big gambler and they let me cruise for free. <laughs> you ain't cruising for free. They want you to come back and bring your debit card, okay? Casinos and lotteries, they're not set up for you to be for, for your financial gain, okay? Statistically, their job is to steal from you. That's how they make their money, all right? What about overtaxation? What about credit card interest on debt that's way too easily accumulated? Young people, you're going to get, some of you already gotten out of high school, they're going to start sending you credit card, uh, free credit, man, sign up for this credit card. You can fill your wallet up credit cards. You can have a Visa and a MasterCard. You can have them all. You can get a dozen of them. And then you can just start filling them up, okay? And they'll charge you 20% interest on those things. And you'll get to a place where you can't pay anything but interest. And ultimately, if you're not careful, you'll end up filing bankruptcy. Now, you say, boy, that's a quick turnaround. <laughs> Any adults in here that would agree that it's way too easy for young people to accumulate debt at high interest rates, say amen. That's right. The ones that didn't say it, they're up to their neck in debt and don't want to admit it. Okay? It's, 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 it's theft. It's stealing. That's what it is. What about identity theft? Burglary, extortion, embezzlement. I know churches, more than one church, who have had people who looked after their finances, who embezzled hundreds of thousands of dollars, listen, from the church, and up to millions of dollars from the church and you say they're stealing from the church man that's going to be a hotter room in hell how do you do who does that it happens all the time it happens all the time what about expense account fraud any salespeople in here raise your hand <laughs> no not today I just quit <laughs> I was in sales and monthly you'd turn in an expense account and your your receipts and if you didn't have any receipts or if you were somewhere and you could just write your own receipts. Anybody ever written their own receipts? No, don't raise your hand. Okay. Expense account fraud. It's one of the easiest ways to steal. Okay. Because after all, you think, well, you know, they're paying me to be on the road and, and they have plenty of resources. Expense account fraud. Unfair interest on personal loans. That's stealing. Falsified insurance claims. That's stealing. Just a, a member of our church was driving a company vehicle. This happened in the last six, eight months. Driving a company vehicle. He's pulling out of a restaurant. He looks both ways, starts to proceed, and a guy who was drunk ran into his company vehicle. So the member of the church got out, and he says, you okay? And he goes, oh, I'm fine. I'm fine. And he said, do I need to call for help? He goes, no, I'm fine. I'm fine. He left and a month later he didn't report it because there was really nothing happened a month later he got called in because this drunk guy had contacted a lawyer and was suing his company now that is the world we live in you know that that's stealing personal use of company resources personal nobody raised their hand up in here that they're a thief personal use of company resources the average employee statistically steals five and a half times more than a shoplifter 200 billion dollars a year 
in employee theft, in products, and inventory. Anybody got any work stuff at the house? Anybody got a company pin? Anybody got a Sturkey Hills pin in your car that you didn't ask for? Bunch of thieves, okay? Has anybody ever taken anything home from work and never returned it? You know we have, okay? Stealing. Why? Because it's taking something that is not rightfully ours with no intention or thought of returning it. And, and right now, right now, I could ask, anybody got a clean slate? Anybody doing great? Dodged a bullet on every case? There may be, we're not done. What about employee wages? Anybody ever stole employee wages? How do you steal employee wages? You over-report your time. You overstay your lunch. Your company gives you 30 minutes for lunch. Now, I know all of you all, I can tell by looking, you all are fast lunchers. 30 minutes is what you get, but you back at the job. That's a lie right there. Okay, overstay your lunch. Anybody take an extra break? Probably don't have a lot of smokers in here, but in a culture when everybody smoked, everybody overstayed everything. I got smoke, okay? Over, getting overpaid for underwork. That's what that is. Not being fair. Showing up late. Anybody show up late? Still get paid the same? Anybody leave early? Okay? That's the world we live in. Okay, what about plagiarism? Copying somebody else's work. So I wrote a thesis for my master's and my doctorate, and they're real picky about this stuff. They want you to cite a whole lot of other people and what they said about your topic. But if you happen to put one in there and you don't give them credit for it and you don't cite it perfectly, they will bust you. Okay, big, big offense. You can go to jail for it, okay? I should have went to jail when I was in school because I was copying somebody else's information, right? <laughs> Some of y'all thinking, I'm supposed to go to jail for that? Okay, I don't know. But it's stealing. What about, what about stealing a person's innocence sexually or by slander? What about giving false information for financial gain? What about stealing someone's joy or self-esteem by your use of harsh words? What about fake workman's comp claims? What about frivolous lawsuits for financial gain? What about, uh, what about all of those? All of those are lotignov. All of those are stealing. So now, when I tell you that, just be real honest. When you consider that list, if you would say, I have been guilty of being a thief at some point in my life. I'm not saying you did this this week. But at some point in my life, I've been a thief. Raise your hand. Okay? Look around. Y'all are sitting with a bunch of thieves. This is like going over to the county jail and speaking a message, okay? We've all played that part, you see? But on the surface, we read the Ten Commandments, and it just seems so innocent and so simple, no stealing. So the problem that we have is that's only one side of the stealing equation. It's only one side. There's another side. The other side of the definition says this. To, that one was to carry away stealthily without the thought of return. The other side is to withhold what is rightfully someone else's. To withhold 
what is rightfully someone else's. Now, those forms of stealing that I just mentioned are obvious, and most of us would agree that those are stealing. The other side of the equation, most of us are unaware that we're even stealing. And most of us would, in some cases, beg to differ about whether or not it's stealing. After all, in the other half, seldom would you ever go to jail for stealing in that category. But the commandment doesn't give categories. The commandment just says, lo tignav, no stealing. And so it's not taking something from somebody, but it's failing or refusing to give someone what is rightfully theirs. I'm going to cover one, and I'm going to save the next for next week just to whet your appetite or to make you consider not coming back. Taxes. This is in the other category. Taxes. Failure to pay the correct amount of income tax, okay? I don't even like this subject, okay? We have military protection, albeit weaker than it has been in the past. We have military protection. We have police protection. We have roads to drive on. We have agencies to serve needs of our communities. And although probably not managed very well in a lot of cases, we utilize those and have benefits from them. But they all cost money, a lot of money. So let me just be real. Everybody that works should be paying taxes. Is that fair? Okay. So here's the question. Anybody in here ever cheated on your taxes? Well, that was quiet. Anybody in here know somebody who cheated on their taxes? <laughs> now I know you're lying. Has anybody ever gotten to a question on your tax return and you weren't certain, but you overstated it rather than understating it? Anybody ever done that? Sure we have. Cheating on our taxes. Did you know what that is? That's Lotignov. That is stealing. Romans chapter 13 verse 7 says this. Pay everyone what is owed, taxes to whom taxes are due, revenue to whom revenue is due, respect to whom respect is due, honor to whom honor is due. Romans 13, 7 says, pay taxes, okay? Matthew 22, the Pharisees asked Jesus, they said this in verse 17, tell us then, what do you think? Is it right to pay taxes to Caesar or not? Straight to the point, they asked Jesus about taxes, okay? Jesus said in verse 18, he realized the evil intentions and he said, hypocrites. He said, why are you testing me? Show me the coin used for tax. So they brought him a denarius and Jesus said to them, whose image is this and whose inscription on this coin? And they replied, Caesar's. And he said to them, then give to Caesar the things that are Caesar's and to God the things that are God's. Now, what's the point of that? Pay taxes? The point of that, and we're done. God's goal and God's intention in the commandments is not some form of behavior modification program. God's goal and God's intentions in commandments is to help us evaluate and understand who we really are at the core 
of our being. And when he told them about the coin, he said, that coin has Caesar's image and his inscription on it. You give that to Caesar. He didn't say it, but the implication is this. You have the image of God and his inscription on you. Give it to God. And that's God's goal for our life in stealing. It's not that he doesn't want you to have things. God just wants you to live your life free. God wants you to live your life in obedience to God. And if there's things you need in life, he'll provide it. If there's things that you want, often he'll grant the desires of your heart. But his goal is not to condemn you and make you feel terrible because of the sins of your past. His goal is to help you understand how desperately sinful we can be and how amazing it is that he chose of himself to die on a cross to pay a debt that he didn't owe and a debt that we couldn't pay. And he did it on a cross. So I want you to know today, the truth is, we've all played the thief. We've all stolen stuff. But scripture in that first Corinthians passage, he says, but such were some of you. That's supposed to be our old life. So if you're here today and you're a Christian, it's time to let that stuff go. Just whatever it is, whatever category that you may have found yourself a little bit guilty of, confess it, repent of it, put it under the cross, under the blood, be forgiven, and don't do that anymore. I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes. Jesus came to this earth to set us free from all of our sin guilt. This week, we celebrate the 4th of July, which represents our liberty and our freedom. I want you to know, of all the people on the planet, we as the Christian community, the church, should understand freedom more than anybody else. And I want you to know today that maybe you're here and you've been to church and you've heard the story of Jesus, you're familiar with his word, but you've never surrendered your life to Jesus Christ. I want you to know he is willing to receive you on this day. You can simply cry out to God, say, God, I've messed it all up. I've been a fake. I've been, I've not been, I haven't given my life to you. I haven't been living for you. I've been living for me on this day. I want to ask forgiveness. I repent of my sinful condition. I want Jesus to come into my life and set me free and make me whole and adopt me into your forever family. I give all of me to all of you. Thank you for hearing my prayer. Now, maybe most of us today have already done that. Maybe this is the day where you would say, God, I'm sorry. I have been guilty of stealing at one level or another. And I know that's not what you intended for me. I confess it. I repent of it. And moving forward, God, I don't want to steal anything else. I want to be pure in this area. God, I thank you for all that you do for us. I thank you for your word. I thank you, God, that your word is so articulately clear. It's not gray and foggy. It's explicit. It's demanding. It's, it calls us to a higher level, a higher standard, to your standard of perfection. God, I pray for every individual in here that all of us would just dive deeper into being obedient to your call upon our life. 
You deserve our allegiance and our obedience because you were willing to come to this earth and die on a cross in our place so that you could spend eternity with us. We give you praise for it. We give you glory for it. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. We hope that God spoke to you through this message. If you enjoyed the message, be sure to subscribe to our weekly podcast and visit our website at sturkey.church to find all the latest information and upcoming events. Be sure to join us again next week. Until then, may God bless you.